Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is Corpus Christi Sunday. And the homily today is called The Beating Heart of Our Faith. Usually I would read the gospel at the start of the podcast, but because I'm incorporating it so heavily into today's homily, I'm just going to jump right into it. So let's begin. Today in the life of the church, we celebrate this beautiful feast of Corpus Christi, the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ. This, my friends, is the centerpiece of our Catholic faith, the beating heart of everything we believe. The Second Vatican Council described our participation in the Eucharist as the source and the summit of the Christian life. So what each of us is doing right now, or for those listening to the podcast, when you go to Mass, what you're doing is the most important thing in your week. Not just by a little bit, but by a mile. Because in a sacramental way, we are about to participate in the saving sacrifice of Calvary. The event in history that freed all of us from the power of sin and death and opens for us the door to eternal life. We know that the Lord Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, gave his apostles the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to do everything that Jesus commanded them. And then he said to them, I will be with you always until the close of the age. Well, my brothers and sisters, he made good on that promise because so he is. Jesus is present among us today. He's present among us both in word and in sacrament. He's present among us in the Holy Scriptures as well as in the seven sacraments of the church. But in case we didn't realize just how much God's love burns for us, how much God's love burns for you and burns for me and and desires to be in total communion with us, the Lord Jesus, in his infinite humility, descended to make himself present for us, body, blood, soul, and divinity under the appearance of simple bread and wine. Such is the love God has for us. This tremendous mystery of our Catholic faith cannot be overstated. Now, as a priest, this supernatural gift of the Eucharist, while on the one hand is such a beautiful and such an awesome testament to God's love for you and for me, but it is on the other hand also a source of my profound sadness. Because in recent years, statistical reports have been revealing that less than a third of Catholics in Western nations believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Less than a third of Catholics believe that during the Mass, the bread and wine truly become the body and blood of Christ, despite this being a central doctrine of our faith. This, my brothers and sisters, is a failure of the church to the highest degree. It's a failure of priests and bishops, and I count myself among them. And it's a failure on behalf of all of us who are charged with making disciples of all nations. How can we continue to allow the source and summit of the Christian life, a core and defining principle of our Catholic faith, to become so thoroughly discarded by those who profess themselves to be Catholic? I think perhaps that for decades, the church has desired so much to be seen as virtuous in the eyes of secular culture that we've only emphasized the easily marketable aspects of our Catholic faith, like the works of social justice, caring for the poor, the sick, the uneducated, and the lonely. We've stressed so much these beautiful works of social justice in our schools, parishes, and personal lives that we as a church have failed to successfully pass on the central mystery of what makes us a communion of faith in the first place. You might say that we've spent so long emphasizing the work of our hands that we've allowed the very heart that animates those hands to go into cardiac arrest. 
See, if we look at the rich tradition of our Catholic saints, the heroes of social justice, we find figures like St. Vincent de Paul, Mother Teresa, St. Francis of Assisi, Damien of Molokai, Elizabeth Ann Seton, John Bosco, and of course, our very own Mary MacKillop, all who were champions of the poor, the sick, the uneducated, and lonely. But they all had something in common, and I think we should pay attention to this. They all had a profound love and devotion to Jesus Christ in the sacrament of the Eucharist. These holy men and women, they became saints, like you and I are called to become saints, because they drew their spiritual life from the font of grace that we call Holy Communion. See, we need to come, we need to, come to understand something. The good works of love, mercy, and justice can never be separated from the one who is love, mercy, and justice. Apart from Jesus, our good works in the world are nothing but an ego project. And without the Eucharist, that is exactly what the Catholic Church becomes. St. Teresa of Avila knew this when she said, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. She understood that on the journey toward holiness, the journey towards heaven to which all of us are being called, we must all become what we receive. We heard St. Paul say this clearly in the second reading to the Corinthians. The blessing cup that we bless is a communion with the blood of Christ. And the, bl- and the bread that we break is a communion with the body of Christ. Like the bread and wine is transformed substantially at Mass. By receiving the Eucharist, we are transformed into the body of Christ, alive, active, and present in the world, just as he promised he would be to his disciples. Now, I'm certainly not ignorant to the fact that the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist is a hard teaching. It's more so now in the age of materialism and scientism that will believe nothing beyond what is directly and materially observable. But brothers and sisters, doubting the Eucharist is not a new thing. It goes back to the time of Jesus himself, and we read it today in the Gospel, John chapter 6. The Jewish leaders of the time also refused to believe. Jesus openly declared to them in today's gospel, I am the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. And you'll notice that the response of some of the Jews is shock, it's horror, it's denial. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they ask. Because they could not hear with the ears of faith They began to walk away. But you'll notice that Jesus, when they're walking away, he doesn't back down. He doesn't stop them or he doesn't try to clarify to those who are walking away that he was only speaking symbolically or in metaphorical language. Rather, he doubles down and he re-emphasizes the teaching. He says, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink indeed. Whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven, not like the bread our ancestors ate, like we read in the today's first reading. They are dead, says Jesus. But anyone who eats this bread, this Eucharist, will live forever. My dear friends, I think we stand at the edge of a precipice, overlooking the abyss of societal disbelief in the gospel of Jesus. For those of us who bear the name Catholic proudly, there is a need for us to refocus, to return to the bedrock of our faith. We must embrace as the center of our spiritual lives the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. 
If we desire to be holy, to live as the saints, if we desire eternal life with God, which is our destiny, we cannot neglect the bread of life, the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus offered for us in the Eucharist. So my three pieces of advice for restoring the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life, of the spiritual life, are these. Number one, at every Mass, prepare your heart to properly receive the body of Christ. St. Paul warns in 1 Corinthians 11, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. So he says, let us examine ourselves first. For anyone who eats or drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. This is obviously a serious teaching. And for this reason, the church has always stressed the importance of receiving the Eucharist in a state of grace, in a state free from any serious sin. That's why the church has always maintained a very strong link between the sacraments of confession and the Eucharist. Reconciliation purifies us of mortal sin and it prepares our hearts most perfectly to receive the real presence of Jesus. So if we don't believe in the real presence of Jesus or our conscience reveals that we're not in a moral state to receive him, it's better for us to remain seated during communion or to come forward with our arms folded for a blessing until we have the opportunity to go to confession. So number one, at every Mass, prepare properly to receive the body of our Lord. Number two, we should strive to make the Eucharist the source and summit of our spiritual and prayer lives. We should always prioritize the Mass, especially on a Sunday. Not look at it as purely as an obligation, but understanding it to be our our highest form of worship, our literal communion with God. We should also, through the week, be reading the scriptures and the writings of the saints who lived a Eucharistic-centered life and meditate on how we can be transformed to grow in holiness like them. And when possible, we should visit the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle throughout the week or spend time with the Lord in adoration. Let him speak to you in the silence of your heart. So number two, make the Eucharist the source and summit of your spiritual life. And number three, we should be praying for a Eucharistic revival. Let us pray that the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist may be known, loved, adored, and revered by all. May this beating heart of our Catholic faith set our our souls on fire to inspire our actions, transforming the church from the inside out. And just as a final side note, me as the vocations director, I have a strong vested interest in a thriving Eucharistic faith in our parishes because the decline in vocations to priesthood correlates with the decline of faith in the Eucharist. If we want more priests to serve God in our community, there is nothing better that we can do than to personally grow in the love of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. So brothers and sisters, at every Mass, prepare your heart to receive the Lord. Strive to make the Eucharist the source and summit of your prayer life and pray for a Eucharistic revival. Let us finish now with that short prayer from Thomas Aquinas to Jesus in the Eucharist. Sweetest Jesus, body and blood most holy, be the delight and the pleasure of my soul, my strength and my salvation in all temptations, my joy and my peace in every trial, my light and guide in every word and deed my final protection in death. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, through the intercession of our blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word and the Average Shepherd podcast, you can do so by putting it up on social media or sharing with anyone you think might benefit. Thank you and God bless.